Hello and welcome to my brand new podcast, Thinking Critically Scientifically, where we talk about the concept of critical thinking and how it applies to science. I'm your host, Ryan, so let's get right down to it. So today I'm interviewing my Uncle Dave, who is a professor of astronomy. I think he had a lot of interesting things to say. All right, let's get right back down. device over here doesn't listen to me and people don't <laughs> call in on it. <laughs> All righty then. All right. So we get started. Again, how would you define critical thinking? So critical thinking is, uh, to me, a set of problem solving skills. Um, there's uh, the idea to be able to take pieces of information um, like pieces of a puzzle and pull it together into uh, something that uh, gives you a, a better sense of what's going on. Strategic approach to analyzing the world. Okay. So now, um, and that's an interesting definition because all the other definitions I found were all just baseline about being objective and analyzing. Never really found a definition talking about it being a skill set, although I imagine it definitely is. Yeah. Um, There's something, a basis of critical thinking, uh, something called uh, Bloom's taxonomy that really kind of takes you through different levels of thinking. Um, You know, you start at the, the very sort of the baseline level is, is remembering or memorization. Um, so anybody can take a set of something and memorize it. It doesn't mean they understand. Um, so True. then the next thing is to be able to understand information. And then once you do that, you've got to be able to analyze it, to evaluate it, to apply it, to synthesize it. And um, ultimately, if you truly understand something, you can be creative, you can create something. And uh, so when you're doing critical thinking, you are trying to really reach that highest level of understanding. And of course, the next question is, do you think critical thinking is important, which based on your answer, I can assume. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Absolutely, because there's a difference between thinking which is, you know, any kind of random ideas can pop into your head um, versus critical thinking, which is all about uh, looking for, it's like, uh, again, a puzzle. So you imagine that you've got a bunch of puzzle pieces and you're trying to figure out what picture the puzzle represents. Um, If you don't have all of the pieces, it's more problematic. But if you can put pieces together, if you put enough pieces together, you can kind of fill in the gaps uh, to get a sense of what that picture is. And that's really the difference between just random ideas or random thoughts uh, versus critical thinking, which is literally uh, a problem-solving skill uh, that's designed to grab information from around you and to basically solve that problem it's interesting the my next question is how do you think critical thinking is used in science and just as a whole 
so critical thinking is the fundamental basis of science. Um, so science is a way of looking at the universe of trying to understand um, the rules by which the universe operates. And you can think of it kind of like uh, being dropped into a new video game, but you only have one life in the game. And if you make a wrong move, then the life is over, the game is over. So what you have to do is you get put into this game, you're not just gonna start randomly trying things because if you make an error, you're done. Instead, you're going to kind of watch what's going on, and you're going to try and sort of figure out the rules of the game as you go. And that's really what critical thinking is all about. It's um, that idea of trying to put those pieces together to understand um, the bigger picture. And that's what science is all about. We're in the giant video game of them all, the universe, and we don't understand all of its rules and how it operates. So our goal is to take data, information observing around us and try and put the pieces together and hopefully get enough of the pieces that we can start getting a sense of what the rules are uh, for the universe. So I, I think it, it is very fundamental to the nature of science. It's actually a very interesting viewpoint. I never really thought of it that way. But I guess that really does work. My next question oh, yeah. was, um, my next question was, more more specifically, how in your field of science is critical thinking used? So astronomy is a very unique uh, kind of scientific discipline in that most sciences. Um, you can touch things and uh, you know hold them in your hand. Whether you're talking about um, yeah. physics, you can drop objects or throw things and, and see how they behave. In geology, you can pick up rocks and break them open and examine them. In biology, you can uh, pick up animals. You can look at viruses under a microscope. Um, in chemistry, you can take two chemicals and put. But astronomy, you can't do that. Um, can't really pick up the planets. You're looking at stuff way far away. So we only have really a passive way of trying to understand the universe through astronomy. We can observe. We can observe what the universe on a large scale is doing. And uh, so, in fact, that's the history of astronomy is all about that, trying to figure out why things moved through the sky, how they moved through the sky. And through critical thinking, people realized, you know, there are some problems with Earth being at the middle um, because the sun and the moon behaved, but the planets didn't behave the way they were supposed to. And the only way to solve that problem was to change the model, uh, to change the paradigm from Earth being at the center to putting the sun at the center. And so it's through that those passive observations that we have learned a lot about how the universe as a whole works. Um, and and the, the other really interesting piece about this is um, because the universe is the way it is, the rules of the universe that operate on Earth are the same everywhere. And when we realized that, it was a critical thinking moment when people realized, hey, the rules should be the same, that we started realizing that you can kind of do some astronomy through doing physics or geology 
or even biology and chemistry. And uh, so all the sciences tie together and it's um, learning how to integrate those pieces uh, that has really caused astronomy and all science for that matter uh, to really explode forward in the 20th and 21st centuries. In my first episode of this podcast, I actually ended up talking about how critical thinking could be used in science to solve misconceptions. And I think that's kind of what you were talking about as well, basically solving that, the big misconception of the earth being in the center. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely correct. Um, you know, because from our perspective, it's not a bad model. It looks like everything goes really? around Earth wherever you're, you're standing. Um, and in fact, we would be using that model today, except for this one little quirk that the planets seem to occasionally stop and move backwards for a brief period before stopping and going forward again. And uh, yeah, that for oh, almost 2,000 years drove astronomers or ancient astronomers crazy because there was no reason for that. Why something should just sort of stop and move backwards on the sky for a little bit. Um, it was a piece of the puzzle that didn't fit. That was exactly right. And uh, so finally in about the um, 16th century, 17th century really, um, the heliocentric model of the universe started to get some traction. Um, Copernicus proposed in the 15th century, but it was really the uh, 16th and 17th centuries that it really started uh, gaining some traction. And uh, that's when people realized, you know, if Earth is moving, then you can explain why the planets seem to drift backwards. If Earth passes them, every now and again, then just like when you pass a car on the freeway, the planets will seem to stop briefly and go backwards. But that required Earth to be moving, which meant Earth couldn't be at the center. And so it was that one piece that didn't fit uh, that ultimately overthrew the whole paradigm that Earth was at the center and instead Earth had to orbit something else. My next question for you is, do you have any specific examples of how you use critical thinking in your field? Uh, so I do that all the time whenever I'm looking at um, an astronomical puzzle. So uh, a good example of that is when we're trying to understand the origin of the moon and uh, getting without getting into a whole lot of complicated detail, uh, there were three theories in the 20th century that kind of vied for supremacy, but none of them would completely solve the problem. And eventually, astronauts went to the moon, they brought back moon rocks, and that led to a new idea that's kind of accepted today, which is um, the what's called the giant impact theory for the origin of the moon. Um, but even so, that's got some issues to it, because when we look at the moon rocks that the astronauts brought back, it's not that they look similar to the rocks in Earth's crust. They look virtually identical chemically to the rocks in Earth's crust. So that's a real problem. Why should the moon be identical to Earth if it's composed of Earth and some other object that hit the Earth? So, um, you know, people have really been thinking critically about that problem. 
And uh, one of the new ideas that's emerging uh, is that the moon didn't just, or the, the impact didn't just splash out material to make the moon. Instead, it really kind of completely vaporized Earth's crust and mantle. And so the moon formed out of this big cloud of vapor, and then that cloud of vapor rained back down on the Earth. But we're still trying to understand why then did Earth get all the water and the moon didn't get any of it? Why didn't Earth get all the metal and the moon didn't? So we're, we're thinking really hard. We're trying to think critically about this because we have puzzle pieces, and this is a good idea. It's a good picture, but there are still some things that aren't quite jiving in there that we're having to think about. My final question for you for today was, um, was I'm, I'm currently taking science classes right now. And one thing I've noticed is that they don't really talk about critical thinking much at all. So I was wondering how you thought, if you thought critical thinking should be something taught alongside science or something taught as its own class. Um, that's a, a really good question. I think part of the problem is that you use critical thinking across the board. You don't just use it in science classes. So I think it really should be a class taught in and of itself. And instead, what we end up trying to do is we don't really teach critical thinking skills as much as we start trying to teach basic information, basic concepts, and then sort of try and weave the critical thinking in as you get older. So if you think about elementary school, this is basically um, pre-kinder through roughly third grade or so. Um, it's all about the very basic level of critical thinking. You're learning to memorize things. You're learning to just develop very basic skills. But starting in third grade up through about sixth grade, um, you got all the basic reading, writing, and arithmetic skills. You know all those basics. Yeah. So you start being taught, what does it mean? You know, why do we add things the way we do? Um, how do you read for content and not just read words on a page? And then by the time you get to high school, well, now you've got sort of that basic understanding. You kind of know how numbers work. You kind of know how to read for content. Um, you can even start writing some things and putting ideas down. And so in high school, they try and take you to that next level of critical thinking, which is, um, you know, how do you apply this? When you're exposed to new ideas, how do you in turn learn to think about those things? And then when you get to college, now you're kind of on the cutting edge. You're learning the advanced skills in particular fields. Um, and people assume that you've got those basic critical thinking skills, but you've never really been taught it. If you just think about the way yeah. your education works, is it's sort of weaved in from memorization to understanding to application to analyzing but nobody's ever actually taught you the real just fundamentals of that whole process. So I do think that there's room for a class um, 
on, on that, especially by the time you get to high school. Uh, maybe it doesn't make sense in, in grade school or, or even middle school, but definitely by the time you get to high school, there should be some kind of formal structure uh, to teach about critical thinking, at least to, to teach you what those basic steps are so that you can say, this is why we're doing this. So why do, why do I have to take algebra? Well, this is why. People will say, I won't, I'll never have to, to learn how to diagram sentences. But there's a reasoning behind that structure. And that's what a critical thinking class could teach you is why do we teach you how to diagram sentences? Why do we teach you how to do algebra? Um, that kind of thing. All right. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today for this recording. So thank you for coming on. Absolutely. I hope I gave you uh, some good information there. You really did. Thank you. Absolutely. Good luck. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with my Uncle Dave. It was kind of a long interview, so I don't have that much time to talk at the end of this episode. But I am going to tell you that if you want to hear my full thoughts and opinions on all the interviews I've been doing, you're going to have to wait for my final episode to release, which is going to be a wrap-up episode talking about how I feel about all these things combined. Well, until then, remember to think critically.